Some of the topics discussed on Blackbird, an advocacy podcast, are difficult to hear. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 11 of Blackbird, an advocacy podcast. I am, as always, your host, Sarah, and I have my wonderful partner in true crime, Dan. Howdy. Like... Like a like an old western cowboy kind of howdy partner. Yep, cool. Like John Wayne. We're gonna go like howdy partner. Okay, that's all you're gonna say for the whole podcast. Howdy partner. Great. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so howdy partner. Let's get into it. We often hear intimate partner violence cases being between a man and a woman. We rarely hear the statistics of same-sex couples who unfortunately fall into this devastation. And we do know that June is Pride Month, so a lot of our cases this month are going to surround the LGBT community, um, the minisodes even. I have a few planned um, that are going to be a little bit more of true crime rather than some lighter material because there are some shorter stories that I want to talk about as well. But um, all of the stories for this month are going to be about um, the LGBT community. So according to a 2018 article by Luca Royer, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, um, et al., over 50% of gay men and nearly 75% of lesbian women reported they had been psychologically abused by an intimate partner. It is also reported that homosexual couples have a lifetime prevalence of IPV similar to or even higher than heterosexual couples. 61.1% of bisexual women, 43.8% of lesbian women, 37.3% of bisexual men, and 26% of gay men reported experiencing IPV in their life. This is compared to 35% of heterosexual women and 29% of heterosexual men. Does that surprise you? Um, no. Okay. No, actually. I mean, we always think especially about, you know, males being the aggressors. So we don't really necessarily think about lesbian couples being aggressive towards one another. You know... As a straight man, maybe it's hard for me to really get into the mindset, but into the frame of mind. But as as an admittedly very rough uh, generalization, I feel like that kind of makes sense. And again, this is a very rough generalization. As a straight man, I have no idea what's going through uh, these people's minds. But I would I tend to think, in my experience, that with gay men. They tend to be generally a little bit more, I don't want to use the word feminine, yeah. um, but less aggressive. Like, okay. like you know, again, as a straight man, I've been around straight men my entire life. I grew up with straight men, and we punched each other for fun in yeah. the locker room. That's just what you did. Yeah. And, you know, you fouled each other on the basketball court because you just had to. Right. Um, of all the gay men that I've known and been good friends with, yes. none of them have ever punched or fouled me. Right. So I think in general with with gay men, they just tend to be less physically assholes. Yeah. And again, as a drastically rough generalization, I would tend to assume maybe the maybe the opposite about uh, lesbian women Mm -hmm. that not to say, oh, they're physical assholes, but I would tend to think that there's there's something in their psyche that's driving them to be more male, more masculine. Okay. And so maybe that's contributing to them being more physical. Yeah. Okay. In the expression of their negative emotions. And again, that's a that's a very rough Yeah, it's an over I've, right. I've only known really a few uh lesbian women in my yeah. life and none of them I've been like really close friends with. Right, right. So I really I'm far from an expert but that would be my assumption yeah i mean from uh from you know society standpoint with the stereotypes we generally think about gay men as being like you said a little bit more feminine and we generally think about um lesbian women as being you know 
more butch, more sporty. Right. I didn't want to use... I was thinking the yes. butch. I was thinking yeah. butch, but I didn't want to use that word. No, and that's fine because that no. was one of the terms that I used in the minisode. Right. Explaining what a butch lesbian right. is right. considered and how they've actually claimed the term right. now as, as, a, as a, a positive thing more so than it, right. it was used back in the day as a derog derogatory right. term. Um, but that's how society sees them. So in that view, then I guess maybe it isn't so um, far-fetched to think, at least with lesbian couples, that there could be an aggressor in the relationship. Um, but people are people. And right. we talk <laughs> about it all the time. This kind of violence is all about power and control. So when you have a relationship with anybody and somebody in that relationship is wanting all the control, it doesn't matter if they're gay, straight, bisexual, man, woman, whatever it is, they, they want that control, period. I mean, that could be literally between a parent and child. It could be between friends. There are friend oh, relationships yeah, 100%. where somebody is taking all the control and they're... Oh, yeah. You know that that power is in their hands. Yeah, I had I had a group of friends uh, growing up, and there was one guy in particular who definitely thought that he was the alpha male. And I, I wouldn't say that he was the alpha male of the group in per se, because we didn't really have that dynamic. We were nerds; nerds don't tend to have, you know, a big tough alpha male. No. But there were two members of that group in particular, one of whom really did take advantage of the other person's ability to be taken advantage of mm -hmm. you know i don't want to say naivete but yeah a little bit yeah that that other person really allowed this one person in particular to yeah. just just be an a-hole and a lot <laughs> of times that person who wants to have that power and control will seek out somebody that they oh, can absolutely that they can have that power and control over absolutely someone who has that naivete or that 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 gullibleness gull well, it would be it would be gullibility. It, it, would, be it would be gullibility, right? right? I was no, gonna say that. One hundred percent, the word. That's such a strange word. Yeah, gullibility. I was right. gonna say it's that, like, but I didn't think like, that was even. It's like real. when you when you're capable of standing on top of a pole at the docks and screeching. That's gullibility. <laughs> Ridiculous. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Now, I cannot say for sure if these numbers are the way they are because people still do not report IPV as often as it should be reported or that these are true statistics. But in any event, we know for sure that these numbers are way too high and this happens all too often. And we do know of at least one documented case of the brutality that IPV can cause between same-sex couples. This is the story of Lindsay Vaux. In 2009, in the UK, Lindsay Vo reconnected with Becky Reed, the cousin of one of Lindsay's former partners. The two began a friendship which quickly transitioned into an intimate relationship. Lindsay was friendly and loved by her family in Stockport, England. She had lots of friends and had great relationships with her family members. She also had a four-year-old daughter, whom she loved and adored. Unfortunately, these relationships began to diminish once Lindsay moved in with Becky in Wigan, England. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Wigan? How's it spelled? W-I-G-A-N. I mean, not being British, I'm obviously not an expert. Uh, I would, yeah, sure, why not? Okay. Not. Well, if anybody out there is from the UK, please tell me that, um, how to pronounce that properly. Where is it? It's in England. Where? I don't know. I didn't look is up. Is it north or south? Oh, I don't know. And more importantly, is it west? <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> if it's like west, like southwest, it may be Wien. Oh, maybe. Right. Well, someone, someone phonetically tell me how this is pronounced. <laughs> that's, that's, please. Um, Lindsay ended up losing contact with a lot of her friends and family, except when she would occasionally call to ask for money. She had even once called her mother, telling her she wanted to come home, but that Becky would not let her. Later, she called her mother again to tell her everything was okay. And one of the worst parts of this whole situation, in my opinion, was that Becky would not even let Lindsay's daughter live with them. Jeez. So she had a four-year-old daughter, and... <laughs> that she just wasn't allowed to see every day. Basically. Dang. 
That's rough. Yeah. Over the course of their five to seven year relationship, um, I had found conflicting reports of when their intimate relationship actually began. Some were saying 2009 when they met, some were saying 2011, so I'm not 100% sure if it was a five or seven year relationship, but still, it was that was a long, a long time period. Yeah. Um, Lindsay was repeatedly humiliated and beaten by Becky. According to witnesses of the attacks, Lindsay was often seen being dragged by her hair and assaulted by Becky in the streets around their home. And no one interfered? No. That seems ridiculous. Lindsay was also often sent out to beg for money by Becky. There was also one reported occasion that Becky kicked Lindsay in the face for putting salad on a burger. Friends reported that at one point, Lindsay had been beaten so badly that she looked like the Elephant Man. Oh my god. Now you remember what the Elephant Man looked yep. like, right? Yep. I mean, yep. I'm going to pull up a picture anyway, just so we can have a, a reference, but that. Wow. Jeez. Uh, um, I'm going to post a picture of him on uh, our Instagram so you guys can, can get an idea of what that looks like. But it's basically immense swelling of the face. Um, he had a congenital issue um, that had the um, made his face and head deformed. But uh, she was beaten so badly by her partner right. that she was made to look like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we've seen that in, in professional combat sports. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't happen often, but sometimes, and it's especially it used to happen in boxing. Yeah. You know, with the, with, the, with the really heavy gloves, you'd think that that, like, does more, does, it, 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 it softens the blow in the sense that it does more, you know, interstitial damage and more subcutaneous damage, and so you end up with more swelling. Yeah. Whereas, like, the lighter gloves that they use in MMA is more likely to cut you and make you bleed. Right. But it's actually better for you because that energy is all distributed right then and there. Right. As opposed to distributing throughout the entire head. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, swelling like that happens when people are intentionally trying to beat the crap out of one another. Right. So if you do that to your partner, that's not yeah. your partner. And think about what damage it's doing underneath. If you're getting that oh, yeah. much swelling, oh, yeah. um, I mean, concussions and and hemorrhages, uh, well, yeah. I mean... And, and so that was a big issue that they had in boxing, and they still have in boxing. Boxing, well, I'm not going to digress, but yeah. So that's, that is an issue that they've always had in boxing, where, um, where the force is distributed slowly um, so that the head moves a lot, and that displaces the brain... And you know from your medical training that there's only so much cushion that you've got because of the cerebrospinal fluid in there. And so once you've used up that cushion and your brain impacts against the inside of your skull, mm -hmm. that starts to cause neurological damage. Right. So a sharper delivery of energy is much more brain healthy. Mm -hmm. That that gradual distribution of energy causes that displacement and that causes brain damage. Right. Um, so that's one obviously big thing, but. You know, we're specifically talking about inflammation, and so again, as you know, you've got your medical training. You know, the inflammation is bad because it can cut off blood supply. Yes. Because when the subcutaneous tissues um, and the and the endodermal tissues start to expand, they they cause the capillaries to shrink and get cut off, um, and so that's going to decrease blood flow to those tissues, right. and that's obviously pretty crappy. Right. Yeah. So it's just inflammation is crap all around, and I mean that's kind of we're learning that right now. That's what's happening with COVID-19. Yeah. It's, you know, the primary mechanism of damage is inflammation. Right. Throughout the, the endothelial space. Right. On May 22nd, 2016, this all came to a head for Lindsay. A 999 call, which is the UK's equivalent of 911, came in to report that Lindsay had just collapsed. It is reported that Jillian Reed, I think it's Jillian, not Gillian, there's, um, it, that's Becky's mother, um, told the operator that Lindsay looked blue, was gurgling, and was breathing slowly. Now, I'm not 100% sure where Becky's mom came into this whole scenario. Like, I don't know where she mm -hmm. was at this point, but she'll, she'll be in again in this, uh, 
Yeah, I was a little confused. Yeah, I was like, where did we get the Becky's mom? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I was re- again. There were conflicting reports. So I was reading at one point mm-hmm. that Becky made the call, and then I read in another report that the nine one one call was actually released, so you could hear that it was actually Becky's mom who made the call. So I'm not a hundred percent sure what actually transpired on that call because I have not listened to it. Um, but. Either way, um, Lindsay had collapsed, she was having trouble breathing, and apparently was turning blue at this time. That's no good. No. But what uh, Becky failed to mention to police on that call, or when they arrived, was that she had just beaten Lindsay one final time. Lindsay Vaux ultimately died about an hour later from her injuries inflicted by Becky. Lindsay's post-mortem examination revealed she had suffered over 90 separate injuries due to the years of abuse she endured. Experts had concluded she died from the combined effects of multiple injuries over several months. Jeez. They couldn't find one definitive cause. Right, which means that she was beating her so regularly that her body couldn't heal. So for those Correct. several months, it was every day, Correct. basically, that she was getting traumatic injury. Correct. And as we mentioned before, this was happening with eyewitnesses. And nobody made a report. Right. Nobody. And right. again, we're going to talk, like, we talk about this all the time, but this bystander effect thing. Yeah. Just make the call. Exactly. Just make the call, you know. You could be helping save someone's life. Just yeah. make the call. Dan yeah. just cracked his knuckles. I really that. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think I just did it too. Yeah. Um, it's always better to err on the side of caution. Yeah, and it takes, like we've said before in, in, in episodes, like it takes two seconds. It just does. do it. Just do it. Like, are you literally in the process of conveying someone to the emergency room? right now right. at the hospital right. then maybe okay maybe that's more important but unless you're literally taking someone to the emergency right. room right then and there you have 35 seconds and to just dial 9 whatever right 91999 <laughs> yeah exactly and think about it if the roles were reversed what if you were in Lindsay's shoes right wouldn't you want all these people who are watching from their houses to call right. 999 and inform the police that you are being brutally assaulted? Yeah. And if this happened day after day, and she was going from friend to friend, house to house, neighbor to neighbor, begging for for money, make a report. <laughs> make right. a report. Right. If this is happening so often that you know for sure for you know for sure that this is a toxic relationship a violent relationship report it yeah and even if you're one of these people that you know you don't believe in toxic relationships and 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 you don't believe you believe in the sanctity of whatever bs like someone's being hurt you Correct. know someone's being hurt. Yes. Don't you think that it's your responsibility as a human being to stop someone from getting hurt? Right. <laughs> yes. You know, and it's funny because that's kind of very relevant right it now. Is. Don't it, don't it you is. think that those gentlemen had an obligation to stop this person from being hurt? <laughs> yes. And that is for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not what we do here. As police dug deeper into Lindsay and Becky's relationship, they found that Becky had a history of violence towards her partners. No surprise there. You don't just yeah, go no, straight into that amount of abuse right. with nothing prior. Right. <laughs> Samantha Nunes had met Becky Reed online in 2004. They began a relationship and were together until June 2008. Samantha reported having been beaten by Becky over 50 times throughout their relationship. She also would force Samantha to beg for money from friends and family, and if she did not, Becky would assault her. In June 2008, 
Becky beat Samantha so badly that she left her nose bloodied. She then punched, kicked, and stomped on her for approximately five to ten minutes. Yeah. Which is nuts. Like, I don't, I don't get how you can stomp on someone for minutes at a time. There's like, something I, I, not right with you. I get it if you're in a fight, you know, and you... And your adrenaline is going, and, and you're, you know, and you you punch somebody, and they go down, and and maybe you hit them once while they're down. But for five minutes to stomp on someone, like every time I see that in like a movie or whatever, I'm like, how do you do, like you have to be a piece of garbage. And again, like I'm not, you know, I'm not. Well, I shouldn't say I'm not anti-violence. I'm anti-violence. You should never use violence. <laughs> violence shouldn't be a part of our of our daily lives. But obviously. It, violence happens. Yes. And I believe you should be able to defend yourself if you need, if need be. Yes. Um, but in any case where I had to defend myself, you know, when the fight was over, the fight was over. Like, I literally couldn't imagine when that person went down stomping on their face for five minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm saying, like, when I see it in a movie, I'm like, that person is not a combatant. That person is a monster. Oh, yes. That's a monster. There is something not right when you can do that mm-hmm. and like just the idea of it literally sends chills down my spine i'm like oh like i i you're a monster yeah <laughs> that, i don't I, care how angry you are and i don't care how bad this person is yeah you know that scene in american history x oh where he curb stomps him yep yeah. like th- i can't watch that yeah. scene i can't watch it i don't actually think i've ever seen that scene yeah that Exactly. That kind of violence, you have to be a a vile, yeah. disgusting human being to inflict that type of violence on somebody. Yeah. Because that right, like you're saying, that's not that's not self defense. Right. That that's nowhere close to self defense. Right. That's no defense at all. No. That's offense. That's yeah, you just right. going at it until maybe that person dies right and 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 it's and it's like you said it's not it's not self-defense it's not even offense it's it's you just want to inflict pain yeah you just want that's you just taking pleasure in doing harm yeah and that is not okay ever again i don't care how angry you are at this person i don't care what that person did you should never want to do harm you should want to stop bad things from happening yes so again, if somebody breaks in here with a gun, I'm gonna I'm gonna hurt that person as badly as I need to. Right. But only as badly as I need to Cor- to, to, to stop that yes. person and from shooting you or right. shooting anyone else in the building. Right. You know. Right. I'm not gonna be like, yes, here's an opportunity to to break someone's face wide open. Right. Like, no, I don't think about that all day. Like, right. I can't wait until somebody breaks in here so that I can hurt them. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you have a normal psyche. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And well, I, you, know. you have a normal Mostly. psyche. <laughs> we'll hear, it, literally, I'm going to get into it right now, of why Becky might have turned out the way that she did. Right. Um, so here's the part of this case with Samantha that gets even more vile. Samantha reported demanding Becky's mother, Jillian Reed, quote, sort her daughter out, which enraged Jillian. Jillian then punched Samantha in the mouth, splitting her lip and knocking out her front tooth. The assault stopped when Samantha's sister and her partner arrived. Her sister said she did not even recognize Samantha due to the injury she sustained from the beating. Becky's mother then joined in on the beating. Oh my god. That's what this... Yes. Oh my god. Jillian was so upset that Samantha asked her to sort her daughter out because her daughter was beating her. Right. That she then in turn began beating her. And and I don't know why I was surprised at that because that makes a lot of sense. Right. As you know, that's a lot where a lot of these these tendencies come in it's a person. That cycle from of their, abuse. That cycle of violence. Exactly. Yeah. So. Exactly. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Becky was probably abused as a child. Right. Oh, by yeah, her for mother. Sure. For sure. 
and she grew up knowing that or thinking that violence was the, the way you right solve problems. Way. Yeah. Exactly. And that is no excuse. I am not at all no, saying that no. Becky has an excuse or justification for this. No way in hell. <laughs> Nobody should believe that violence is the correct way. It's just your psyche gets programmed that that's correct behavior. And you have to be reprogrammed to understand that that's not correct behavior. And when you are in a situation like that, growing up in a situation like that, it's it takes a lot to understand that that's not the correct way to solve problems. Right. So again, I'm not saying Becky is justified at all, at all. Right. She's a terrible, vile, disgusting human being, right. as is her mother. Right. So they deserve everything that's coming to them. Oh, yeah. Um, but this is just, this is, this is sort of a lesson here. Like if you, if you've grown up with abusive parents or, or something, you know, abusive grandparents, I mean, grandparents even do that oh, yeah. to their grandchildren, you know, oh, yeah. um, hopefully at some point in your life, you will start to learn that that is not correct behavior and that we should be more concerned with eradicating hate and violence than than creating more yeah and you know we are getting there slowly, Very slowly. i mean there is a marked difference between the way that in general teenagers behave towards one another today versus the way they did 20 years ago versus the way that they did 50 or 60 years ago you know or, or 40 years ago when our parents were teenagers and then 50 60 years ago when their parents were teenagers there is a market difference and a lot of it i think has to do with accountability because we're so visible now we live in such a visible culture it's such a transparent society yeah you know back in the day like when our parents were teenagers you know, nothing they, was recorded. They, nothing was recorded. <laughs> so, you know, a, a group of teenage boys could go out into the woods drinking and smoking, and one of them could beat the crap out of the other one. Yep. And none of the other ones would say anything because they didn't want to get in trouble with the group or they didn't want to be seen as a snitch for everyone else. Yeah. Nowadays, and I guess, you know, I maybe some people are going to give me heat for this, but it's easier to be a snitch now. And maybe that's okay. It is okay. <laughs> Maybe that's okay. You know, I say it all the time, but I don't apologize for, for following rules, personally. Right. I don't. Right. I think that rules need to be in place. Right. Um, there are times to break rules, and bra the times to break rules are when there are injustices. That's my personal belief, and that's personally the only time that I believe that it's time to break a rule. But I am such a rule follower, and people think that I'm, you know, like, lame and I'm square because I follow rules, but that's just what, because you said lame and square. That you're laughing at me? Because that I'm lame, you're and, lame square? and square? Yeah, well. <laughs> it, 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 I'll be a snitch. I'll, yeah. I'm sorry. Right. I'm, no, I'm, not, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sorry. I will snitch. Right. Again, if it's something that's, like, major, I'll snitch. If it's mm. something like, oh, you know, um, Jane stole a, a, a piece of gum from her mom's purse. Like, I'm right. not going to snitch on that. Like, yeah. that's, come on. Right. But if Jane steals, you know, a $100 bill from her mom's purse, I'll, I'll be a snitch. <laughs> that's not okay. Right. Right. That's not okay. Right. So yeah. I'm one of those friends that like, you know, you see all the time, like those memes where like, you know, you have a real friend if they'll help you bo uh, bury the body or whatever. Right. No. <laughs> no, I'm going to snitch on you. Yeah. You murder someone. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. No, not sorry. <laughs> not sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I just be a snitch. Yeah. And I mean, you know. <laughs> Like I was saying, it, it's easier these days because, like, let's take that situation where, you know, a bunch of teenagers are hanging out in the woods and they're drinking and smoking and whatever back in the day. 
you know, and and one of them just starts, they get into a fight, whatever it is, and one of them starts beating the crap out of the other one. Yeah. You know, back then, you either had to literally interfere physically and stop it. Yeah. And clearly draw that line where you were. But today, everyone's got their phones out, and you can just be like, oh, shit, and get your phone out and record and live stream it or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and if somebody is like, you know, no one's going to come up to you and be like, what are you doing? Don't be a snitch. You'd be like, nah, man, I'm going to go, uh, this is going on World Star. You know what I mean? Like, it's easier to, it's more acceptable. Yes. It's easier to justify, yes. you know, snitching. It is. Today and get away with it. You're like, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to, trying to do my man dirty here. I'm just, I'm just trying to get those, those yes. Insta follows, yo. Exactly. You know, it, it's easy. Whereas back in the day, it was like you had to physically pull the guy off of the other guy. And then guess what was happening? You were getting hit. Oh, yeah, of course. And you were probably yeah. getting jumped because everyone else yes. was going to jump you yes. for interfering. Yes. So yeah. you couldn't. Like, you couldn't back in the day. You had to let it happen. Well, and still in prison, snitches get stitches. Snitches get stitches. So stitches. <laughs> if, you, if you're in prison, don't snitch. <laughs> yeah, you're going to die. But if you're not in prison, I say snitch. <laughs> Uh, but speaking of recording, uh, I don't know if you guys watch Black Mirror because that's uh, that's like an old show now because I know, like, right? it has been on in a while. But there's an episode that kind of goes along that line of the recording on your phone thing. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that episode? The one with the yeah. I don't want to give too much away. Yeah. In okay. case they haven't. It, it, Dude, it's been like six years. I I, I know. <laughs> there's a statute of limitations on spoilers. For, I know. I know. But, but I know what you're talking about, yeah. And they'll know if they've seen it. Yeah, yeah. you'll know if you've seen it. If not, um, go find that episode. Um, or don't even just find the episode. Watch all of Black Mirror. Yes, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> that show is... It's pretty awesome. It's phenomenal. Especially the earlier stuff. But even yeah. the later stuff is still good. It's just... It's just not quite as good. It's just so good. Yeah. In 2017... Becky Reed was convicted of killing Lindsay Bowe. She was also found guilty of causing grievous bodily harm with intent to Samantha Nunes. Becky's mother, Jillian Reed, was also charged with Lindsay Bowe's murder, but was acquitted. She was, however, found guilty of causing actual bodily harm to Samantha. Towards the end of Lindsay's life, she had lost a lot of weight. She appeared malnourished and was even seen at one point scrounging through trash for food. That sucks, man. That's like, that's how you know. That's, that's rock bottom. Yes. That's rock bottom when you have to go through trash Yes. She reported being hungry and thirsty and was caught on CCTV appearing battered and bruised. You could see, like, a black eye. Right. She was at, um, like, a convenience store at the counter. Um, before meeting Becky, Lindsay weighed about 16 stone, which is about 224 pounds. I had to look up the conversion. I know nothing about stone. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny, too, because uh, I follow a couple of British fitness people, and they talk, and they, they speak in terms of stone all the time. And I'm like, can you just give me kilos? Because I can do well, kilos. And that's exactly head. it. But I don't, I don't know how to convert stone. No. <laughs> At the time of her death, she had lost about 50% of her body weight, weighing about 112 pounds. Jeez. That's insane. That's insane. And while, depending on her height, this could potentially be seen as a healthy body weight for some people, we have to remember that Lindsay was incredibly malnourished and her bones were probably brittle and frail. She looked sullen and maltreated. This was hardly healthy. Right. Yeah, that kind of weight loss in that period of time is not healthy because it's not just the fat that you're burning, it's the protein that you're burning. And it's the, like you said, your bones get brittle because your body starts to, it doesn't, it physically doesn't have enough calcium from, from oral mm -hmm. intake. So it literally has to go through osteoblasty and, and break down your bones. After your body <laughs> consumes the fat, it starts going after all the other things. So then your muscles deplete. Yeah. And your muscles yeah. are what is, um, your muscles are what aids in healing. So if she's getting battered constantly and she doesn't have those properties within her body to heal she's just she's no. not going through the proper cycle of healing so she's just continuing down that road which is ultimately what led to her death right 
Yeah. She's not able to heal. She's not yeah. able to come back from those injuries right. because her body is just doesn't so... have the resources it needs. Exactly. She's so depleted of everything. Um, and I'm gonna post pictures of her before and afters. Um, I'm actually let me. I'm gonna. I didn't find them in time for you. Let me look them up because I want you to see her okay. before and after. Yeah, more I said osteoblasty and then osteoclasty. Class is breaking down, blast is pulling in. So this is what she looked like before. Okay. And this is what she looked like after. Yeah, wow. And this is her on CCTV. Oh yeah, that yeah, you can see there that that's an that's an injured and wasted person. Mm-hmm. Like you can see how her she's all sunken in under she's, the eyes. Uh-huh, her she's eyes got are sunk. Yes, eye. exactly. Yeah. Jeez. Um, it, it just, it's horrific. Becky Reed was sentenced to life in prison with a minimum sentence of 20 years. The judge told Becky, quote, You took control of Lindsay's life to such an extent that she gradually withdrew from family and friends. It is perfectly clear that she loved you, but she feared you and your violent temper. You manipulated her emotions whilst justifying your own behavior, and you delivered regular and sustained beatings to her. You controlled the purse strings in that house and put yourself and your mother first, effectively starving Lindsay, who had to beg and forage for scraps of food. The violence you committed towards her was frequent, sustained, brutal, and merciless. It was an exercise in control, dominance, punishment, and denigration. She was too frightened to defy you, stand up to you, or fight back. She was too frightened to accept the help offered by the police and many locals, and she was simply terrified to leave you. You have displayed no remorse for your actions. Good. That's, that's all the truth. And I'm glad that those penalties were handed out the way they were. Yes. I mean, I, they, from what I was reading, there were so many witnesses testifying at this trial right um which is fantastic but those were all those were all opportunities to have prevented this wrongful death yeah it's unfortunate because uh even sometimes when you try to step in that person doesn't want your help the person being abused yep they have to come to those terms on their own yeah and unfortunately for Lindsay. She never could come to those terms because yep. she ultimately passed before it was she was capable. Thankfully for Samantha, she did come to those terms and called it quits. Um, but it, it's it's such a difficult situation to be in. Make the report regardless. Yeah, I, I'm I'm still gonna say that. Yeah, I mean, like we said, it takes. It takes 45 seconds to just dial the number and just say what you've seen. And if that person doesn't accept your help, then, you know, just maybe just look out for them. Just keep an eye on them. Because if you do notice that maybe it gets to a point where it could end up in death, you make another report. Right. Um, But I would rather know that I tried to help somebody and they refused my help, then that right. I refused to help them. Right. You know? Right. Especially for, like, the Starbucks that you were going to get, or the whatever, whatever, like, n- unimportant thing that you were doing with your time right then. And right. There. Again, unless you're literally yeah, in, someone in, to in, in an emergency room right situation, yes. There. <laughs> you know, I don't even care if you're late for work, so you'll be a little bit more late for work. Yeah. Come on. I know. And especially, most of the time that people are, are moving around the world, they're going to Starbucks or some BS like that. <laughs> Yo, your freaking latte can wait. Yes. <laughs> this society especially, you know, the, the United States society, we're just, we're in such a rush. All the time. Especially do, in New York. Especially in New York. I actually, I think I told you this, but I had a friend once ask me, she lived in, she was from Texas, so she moved to New York, and she said to me once, why is everyone in such a rush? Where are they in such a rush to get to? And yep. I said, nowhere. Exactly, exactly correct. We're in such a rush to do absolutely nothing. Yep. And by nothing, I mean get that Starbucks latte. Right. That's a nothing. Yep. You can wait. Right. You can wait the 30 seconds. You don't have to run and chase somebody 
to get that parking spot before them. Right. Like, it's just... Right, and, and like I said, even if you're late for work, like, you're already late. What's the big deal? Yeah. Like, I, I find myself a lot of times, if I'm, like, right on the edge of my schedule to, to leave to go to work, I'll find myself rushing, rushing, rushing. But if I'm already going to be, you know, three or five minutes late, I'll find myself getting on the highway going 90 and then being like, chill out, you're late anyways. Right. And then I'll back it down. And I'll yes. be like, there's, there's, there's no reason. I'm, gonna, I'm already late. You're already... I'm going to be another minute or two exactly. late. And I don't go to jail or kill someone. Or exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Like, just chill. Yes. <laughs> Everything can wait. Like, there's very little in life that the average person is going to experience at some point, which actually warrants, like, where a minute means life or death. Mm -hmm. or, or 15 seconds means life or death. Mm -hmm. For the average person, you're never going to have that situation. And that's a good thing. Yes. You don't want to live... You don't want to have where Where a split-second decision can cost a life. Right. There are some people who do, right. and that's that's rough for them. Yeah. But for the most part, just chill. Yeah. Just relax. Exactly. It's not going to be that big a deal. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But people, especially like you said, citizens of the U.S., and especially New Yorkers, mm -hmm. we've grown up thinking that you have to go all the time mm -hmm. because you would get crap mm -hmm. if you didn't go all the time. Like, if you were late for work and you weren't rushing, somebody was going to yell at you. Mm -hmm. yeah. Even though, logically, it makes no sense if I rush now. I might as well take it easy and make sure I don't forget something. Because if you're rushing to get to work and you forget something, now you got to go back. Yes. Now it's going to cost now you 15 minutes or 20 exactly. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, we were always programmed thinking, like, if you're not pushing all the time, yeah. you're just doing something wrong. Yeah. You're lazy. Well, Manhattan <laughs> is the city that never sleeps. Yeah. Because everyone's going all 24-7. Right. And like you said, we even, don't stop. even for nothing things. Mm -hmm. Like, even even for Starbucks. Like, if I know that we're going down to the marina to, to meet some people or whatever, but there isn't a specific time for us to leave. If we planned to leave at a certain point and we're past that point, we'll rush, you know? Yes, it, we it's, do it's, rush. It's, it's in us to rush yeah. to... If you're going to Starbucks, they're like, well, I have, we, have to, we have to go to Starbucks. Yeah. Or we have to go to whatever and stop and pick this thing up. Mm -hmm. So we got to rush and do this. Like, no, just text the people and say, hey, I'm running a little behind. Mm -hmm. I'm five or ten minutes late. Right. Because, again, if, if you're going just down to, the, down to whatever to hang out with people, like, they'll wait five minutes. Yeah. And if they won't, then don't have them as friends. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. But, yeah, just, just, just take those, that minute. Yeah. To make the report. And and again, right. like, you know, just it, to know that you tried to help, that's because all the, you can do. Because the potential, the cost benefit here is 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 tiny. That is to say the benefit versus cost yes. is massive. It's massive. <laughs> because, yeah, maybe you don't want to be bothered taking two minutes to help a stranger because they're just a stranger and screw them, right? And that's the attitude that people <laughs> have sometimes. But a lot. the cost is two minutes and the benefit is maybe you save that person's mm -hmm. life. Now, maybe that's just, a, you know, a drunk guy who passed out on, uh, on the side of the Taco Bell or whatever, and you making the report isn't going to really solve anything. But maybe that person is having a heart attack right now. Maybe you save his life. Yes. Because you took those two minutes. Yes. There, there was another, <laughs> there was another uh, vehicle situation. Um, I was driving um, on a, a, ma a main road. Um, um, two-lane road, uh, I was heading one direction, and I could see a vehicle on the other side of the road kind of veering, and it was veering into oncoming traffic, and there were multiple vehicles that were it was heading towards, so some of them were able to get out of the way in time. One of them, unfortunately, was not able to get out of the way in time, and they almost had a head-on collision. They kind of, like, cornered each other. And a bunch of us who witnessed this stopped our vehicles, got out of our vehicles. A massive amount of people rushed to the aid of the man who caused the accident because he was passed out in his driver's seat. The, the person who he had collided with jumped out of his vehicle and <laughs> ran into the woods. Yeah. So that was an interesting situation. He had something on him. <laughs> he definitely did. Um, but while the people were aiding the driver, 
the other half of the people were calling the police. And that was multiple people at the same time pulling their phones out to call the police. And I had stopped a little after because I was down a little ways. So I pulled out my phone to call and I had approached somebody who said, I'm already on the phone with the police. So I said, okay, great. Then I'll, I won't call because they were already literally recording it right then. Um, I don't know whatever happened with that. I don't know what came of that. Um, it was the middle of the day. So I'm going to assume that he was not drunk. I, I don't know a hundred percent. I can't say for sure, but I think that he possibly had a medical emergency. Um, so hopefully he was okay after that. You know, he, his airbags deployed, he was a little bloody in the head, but he was, he lost consciousness. Um, and by the time the police arrived, obviously we all had to, uh, move out of the way. And then I, w I, I left, um, cause they tried, they had to clear the road. Um, but you know, we all, we all stopped. We were all going somewhere and we all stopped to help this man to make sure that everything was okay. Right, right, because helping that guy was more important than whatever. I what? think you were coming to meet me for lunch, right? Um, I was coming to you for yeah. some reason. I don't remember if it was to pick you up after work because you didn't have, your car wasn't working that day or if it was- No, I, oh, I did because I, I remember driving up. It was the middle <laughs> of the day, yeah, so I was picking you, you up for yeah, lunch. You, you, yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. I remember you texted me and I drove up there to see yes. to make sure you were okay and whatever. Yes. But yeah, like you were just coming to to meet me for lunch. Mm -hmm. Like that can wait because yes. maybe you help. Maybe you save this guy's and life. And I texted you and said, yeah. "I may not be able to make it. Right. There has been an accident, right. not involving me. Right. But you know, right. Making sure that everything's okay in this in this situation. Yeah. You know, and that was well before I was in the healthcare world. Right. So it wasn't because I had a, a duty. Or anything because of my my healthcare background. It right. it was just because I. It's just because it, you it, have a duty I, as a human being. Right, and that's <laughs> I truly believe that. Yeah. We have a duty as human beings to help people. Yeah. Lindsay Vo was thirty years old at the time of her death. She is survived by her family, including her now fifteen-year-old daughter. Love knows no gender no sexual orientation, no boundaries. But unfortunately, so does hate and violence. Intimate partner violence can happen to anyone. Know when it is time to leave. Some signs to look for of physical or psychological development of abuse in relationships are as follows. Your partner telling you you can never do anything right showing extreme jealousy of your friends and time away from your partner, keeping you or discouraging you from seeing friends or family, controlling the money you spend, insulting, demeaning, or shaming you, looking at you or acting towards you in a way that scares you, preventing you from making your own decisions, intimidating you with weapons, Pressuring you to have sex when you do not want to. Pressuring you to do drugs or drink alcohol. As well as many others on the list. And to see more of the list, you can visit thehotline.org. Were you laughing at the intimidates you with weapons? Yeah. Yeah, yeah if somebody's intimidating you with your weapons, you should go. Uh. Yeah, but yeah, some, so some people think that's cool. Like, oh, look at his knife. Look at his gun. Some people think that's cool. You should you should not. I agree. Him. You should not date him. I <laughs> you should not date him. I agree. And yes, if someone is forcing you to have sex and do drugs, you should also be. All three of those things. Yeah. Are are, are indicators that you should go somewhere else. Correct. <laughs> Correct. If you feel as though you may be in an abusive relationship, you can contact the National Domestic Violence Hotline at one eight hundred seven nine nine. 7233 or at thehotline.org. No one should go through this alone or at all. People are there to help you. You can also DM us anytime at Blackbird Advocacy on Instagram. 
I am not a therapist, but I can provide you with a safe space to talk and with information if you need. And that concludes episode 11 of Blackbird. If you or anyone you know has a story you would like to share on Blackbird, please email us at blackbirdadvocacy at gmail.com. And also, our giveaway is still going on. Yay, giveaway. Yeah, get stuff. It's free. Come on. Yeah. It's, yeah. Free stuff. You can win some awesome true crime goodies, including a tote and a mug. And we just got the mug in today, and it's hilarious. I mm-hmm. love, I love it. Um, and you can get some other fun stuff, too. Um, and all you have to do are, is follow these three simple steps. Don't be a rule breaker. Yeah, we'll snatch. Well, she'll snatch. I will. One, follow us at Blackbird Advocacy. Two, review our podcast on any platform that supports reviews, because apparently a bunch of them don't. Which is ridiculous. I don't understand why anything wouldn't have a review. I don't either. Uh, iTunes seems to be the most successful right now, um, but if you're on Android, you can also review us on Google. Um, We just got on iHeartRadio, but I believe they also don't have have a review area. (laughs) Meanwhile, they're number one in podcasts. I don't yeah. understand how you can't review. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. But um, so any iTunes and Google seem to be your your best bet. Um, and I think Stitcher you can also screenshot your review, post it on Instagram, and use the hashtag Blackbird Giveaway. That is number three. So after you review us, and your review is um accepted, you can screenshot it. Post it on Instagram. Put it in your posts, not your stories, because we can't keep track of stories. We can only keep track of posts. And Dan's looking at me like, I have no idea what that means. Not a clue. (laughs) Not even a little. (laughs) But I'm sure all of you out there know what that means. (laughs) And we wish you tons of luck in our giveaway. Yeah. Woo, giveaway. Yeah, free stuff. Get you some. (laughs) As always, be safe. Be aware of what's going on in your and your loved one's relationships. And as we begin to lessen the social distancing, be cautious and remain six feet away when you can. That's me remaining six feet away. Thanks, guys.